now, here's Michael Patrick Leahy. 6.06 a.m. broadcasting live from our studios on Music Row in Nashville, Tennessee. At 6.30, we'll be joined in studio by Crom Carmichael, the original All-Star panelist, and another All-Star panelist, Carol Swain. But right now in studio, our very good friend, John Harris, uh, the uh, executive director of the Tennessee Firearms Association. John, a week from Saturday, one week from this Saturday, September 9th, uh, the Tennessee Firearms Association Legislative Action Committee is holding its annual fundraising event at the Farm Bureau Expo Center in Wilson County in Lebanon. And uh, you've got a great speaker there, Donald Trump Jr. Tell us about that. And I think you're like your attendance is off the charts here. It is. It is. Uh, this year we were able to uh, make arrangements to get Donald Trump Jr. to come in as our keynote speaker. Uh, it is uh, turning out to be a phenomenal event where uh, the building is at capacity at right at 1,000. Uh, we're at over 900 and I think 40 tickets as mm-hmm. of yesterday. And so this thing will absolutely sell out. It's going to be a, a barbecue luncheon, a gun auction. And uh, it, it will essentially be the, the event for true statesmen. They're mm-hmm. trying to protect the Constitution in Tennessee, uh, as opposed to whatever that was they held back a few weeks ago <laughs> at Opryland. TFALAC.org. TFALAC.org. Um, if somebody really wants to go, even though you're sold out, how how would they get get tickets? They need to uh, they need to contact us and ask to be put on the waiting list. Mm-hmm. We do have some people. We had I think four so far this week that have notified us that they've had to. Uh, have changes in their plan. So we're having a few seats open up with a, you know almost a 1,000 people. We'll have more between now and next Friday, but they just need to contact us and ask to be put on the waiting list. So, uh, of course, Donald Trump Jr. is a big draw, but I think it's more than that. Why, why is this event uh, attracting so many participants uh, a week from Saturday? Well, back in April... You know, when the governor came out and said, hey, we need to pass a red flag law in Tennessee, we got busy uh, as an organization working on that. And, and we started with the assistance and, and some of the coaching from uh, John Rich, you know. The great John Rich. The great John Rich. We started the red flag down campaign. And that has been a theme all summer. You've done some advertising with us here and right? other radio stations and, in and town and some some social media Quite a bit. We've uh, TFA, a, you know, a little grassroots group, invested about one hundred and thirty thousand statewide mm-hmm. in in pursuing the red flag down. And so, I think that's really part of what's driven the almost uh, you know, two and a half times increase in attendance this year. Is it's not just Donald Trump Jr., but it's people across the state waking up and realizing, wait a minute, we got a governor that's trying to turn the red conservative state of Tennessee into a red flag state. No, that's exactly true, and. You know, his special session was A, ill-advised, and B, you know, he didn't get what he wanted. It was actually a huge, huge defeat, political defeat, for Governor Bill Lee. And my question to you is, does this mean that that Governor Bill Lee, now in his second and last term, um, has he lost his political uh, capital, his political influence? Is he basically you know, just a figurehead now? Well, you know, frequently we hear the terminology that that uh, elected officials who are termed out 
or in a lame duck capacity. We hear that about presidents and governors. And I, and I think Lee would struggle at this point to rise to the level of being even called a lame duck. Yeah, because nobody's paying attention to him. Well, I he, mean, the Tennessee General Assembly said, that red flag law that you listed as number 12 on your 18 subjects in your laundry list special session, we're not doing it. And they didn't do it. And, no. that, and that's credit to both the House and the state senate both of them said not gonna do it but the governor because he considers himself morally superior to the rest of us i guess speaks directly to god you would think for Just the like way the he Blue talks brothers yeah um but you know he doesn't listen to anyone and he was just adamant to have this disastrous debacle of a special session and um it 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 really has hurt him politically to the extent, why would anybody in the Tennessee General Assembly want to listen to him anymore? That, you know, I, I don't see a reason for it. They, they have been telling him since April when he introduced the idea and they were still in session. And they said, we're not doing it and adjourned. And then he goes on this political tantrum to try to force them into it. And they tell him all summer long, we're not going to do it. Now he morphs Not it into gonna do it. Yeah, morphs it into a public safety general session. Yeah, and they still tell him we're not going to do it, and they don't do it. And uh, now look, Governor Lee, we've been very critical of you. I've been very critical of you here. Actually, I've been very critical of Governor Lee for his entire term in office, and yet he is not. He's he's yet to come in and talk to us. We're you know we don't bite. We're we're, we're very polite. We're pointed. In our commentary, we'll disagree with him. But Governor Lee, you're welcome to come in again. I, I I keep asking him to come in. Now, John Harris, he'll meet with Justin Jones, but he won't come on air with me. Is he is he afraid of having a, a an adult conversation about his policies? I think so. Anyways, Governor Lee, you are welcome. I'll make coffee. It'll be strong, and. Uh, <laughs> we'll have a we'll we'll have a back and forth, a classic political argument. But more we get back with John Harris. This is the Tennessee Star Report. I'm Michael Patrick Lee. Welcome back to the Tennessee Star Report with your host, Michael Patrick Lee. 6.19 a.m. broadcasting live from our studios on Music Row in Nashville, Tennessee. In studio, the executive director of the Tennessee Firearms Association. An outstanding Second Amendment attorney. One of the best in the country. I, I will say the best in the country, in my view, John. Uh, you're too modest to say that. Uh, John, so in January, there will be a general session. Uh, of the Tennessee General Assembly. Now, we know that uh, the political uh, uh, impact of uh, uh, and power of the governor is dramatically diminished. Um, so it's going to be really the Tennessee General Assembly, I think, that sets the agenda. Um, what do you see on the horizon? Are there some good bills out there to consider? We think there are, absolutely are. For example, there was a bill moving uh, this year before Covenant occurred that would have would have established true constitutional carry in Tennessee. 
that bill had traction. It was moving forward. It had actually moved forward last year. Uh, we think it's got a great chance of, of advancing. And, and, and who sponsored that bill? Uh, we've had several sponsors. Several. Uh, pri- primarily in the, uh, the this year, it was Rusty Grills and Chris Todd carrying it in the Senate. Uh, John Stevens had it. Got it. And so it, it's it's got some, I think, attractiveness, particularly when the governor has fought it for the last five years. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, then you've got Chris Todd had a bill that was up that would have allowed uh, an expansion of the ability of permit holders and gun owners to carry and defend themselves mm-hmm. in the state. Gino Bulso had a bill up that would have corrected. It was really seen as a, a, a little technical fix to change K through 12 to pre-K through 12 on private school firearms policies. That was one of the bills that led to uh, Speaker Sexton calling uh, Representative Bolso out of order and was one of the uh, Justin Jones's skirkuffles. Kerfuffle. Yeah. That's uh, the, the words of the day. See, I, I always come up with a word of the day. Brazen, that's a, that's a, a constant word of the day to describe the, the Biden crime family weaponization of things. Kerfuffle. That's a good way to describe the the ignominious end of the special session yesterday. Uh, absolutely, uh, Senator uh, Frank nicely. Uh, I'll been give him thumbs up. He got on the Senate floor this week and and went after his colleagues and said, "You know, guys, there's no such thing in Tennessee as a gun free zone. Mm-hmm. Criminals have the guns wherever they want them. We need to level the playing field and enable." citizens, the good citizens, to be able to defend themselves. And so I think what we've seen this year is is a widening of the gap between whatever it is that's got Lee anchored on gun control mm-hmm. and where the General Assembly is headed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're, they're, they're widening the gap. And why anybody in the Tennessee General Assembly would pay any attention to what the governor says now after he delivered this debacle of a special session to them, force them to do it, uh, you know, I don't think they're going to listen. Now, here's the other problem that you have in, in T- Tennessee General Assembly. So the two Justins, um, these are kind of Saul Alinsky-trained left-wing Marxist activists who have an agenda that is very different than other legislators in the Tennessee General Assembly. Other legislators... Uh, you know, the 97 other members of the House and the 33 members of the state Senate actually are sincerely interested in passing laws that will be good for the state of Tennessee. The two Justins have no interest in that. They want to create confrontation. Uh, they don't understand parliamentary law rules at all. They don't care about parliamentary rules. They just want to get their mugs on MSNBC so they can go out and raise money from left-wing liberals in California and other places. You know, I, John, I think I may have told you, I, um, I have uh, uh, went back just recently for a couple of high school reunions, and it was in you know, upstate New York, and in several instances talked to people <clears throat> about this. And, you know, it's a high school reunion, so you don't want to talk politics too much, and they know that I'm involved in this. But they'll say, well, what... So I had one person... A very close friend of mine. What are you doing down? What are you bad people down in Tennessee doing, throwing out those those two nice guys? That that was the the perception, right? Because of the MSNBC CNN thing. And another uh, person uh, who now lives in Michigan said the same thing. Um, so they've been able to manipulate 
the national media and 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 play the leadership of the house in such a way that they are portrayed as you know heroes when they're really a bunch of you know con man marxist in my view right, right. The, the tennessee three or the tennessee thugs either yeah. one describes them. that's yeah well but here's the thing on this john um the leadership of the house has no idea how to deal with them and they constantly get baited and they constantly end up uh you know uh Portraying, getting themselves portrayed as you know evil, bad people who who don't allow freedom of speech, uh, and in particular, let me just say I'm going to make a criticism of one particular member of the leadership team here, who I think needs to go, uh, because instead of addressing the problems there uh, that of dealing with the Justins, has decided decided that their best their best idea was to attack the Tennessee State Senate. Right. And this is this is Jeremy. Yeah, Jer- Jeremy is a complete fool. Uh, Jeremy, you're welcome to come in. You've been in the show before, but you're not showing leadership at all. And really, um, you you turned uh, this uh, debacle of a special session even to something worse by foisting this unnecessary contrast between the state senate and the state house. I think he's what he's the caucus leader. Jeremy, you need to go. You need to resign because you're a disgrace, uh, and you're welcome to come in and defend yourself. Anyways, that's my view. It, you know, I think there's a, there's there's a delicate situation that they do need to reassess. It's, maybe it's the halftime at the pro football game for the Tennessee House when it comes to the Joneses, and they need to go in the locker room and and evaluate and maybe reform their game plan. Mm. I mean, clearly... That's a good point. Yeah, the two Joneses and, and their compadres and the rabble-rousers that want to get up in the gallery and, and cheer them on, they, they don't have the political capital to pass anything. And even when they make their... But they speech, don't want to pass anything. No, no, they're not there to pass anything, as you said. They're there to be a spectacle. Right. They're community organizers. They're They're... A playing out of Obama and Saul Alinsky's They're playing playbooks. a different game. Yeah. And the leadership in the House hasn't figured that out yet. Uh, now, they should, but I do think the, your halftime analogy makes an awful lot of sense. And so what, you know, my, my suggestion to Speaker uh, Sexton uh, is, get, you know, gather your leadership team. Tell Jeremy Faison to hit the road. Jeremy, you need to go. You're a disaster. You embarrassed yourself. You embarrassed the Tessie House, uh, and you're not very effective. Find somebody else to be the caucus leader. Recon- and listen, Speaker Sexton, listen to the advice of other members so that they can help you navigate uh, dealing with uh, the two Justins. That's my view. Well, that, not just that, but they may well want to also consider getting some professional assistance on how to deal with the news media. <laughs> in in terms of presenting their side as opposed to doing these, uh, you know, sort of corny press conferences where they get, you know, sandbagged by people like Phil Williams. Well, of course, but that's, I mean, that's the game. They don't realize, well, they think, and all of the other local television stations here are varying degrees of we hate Republicans. I mean, let's be honest, right? And so, but they just... They just don't think it through to the next level, and they allow themselves to be caricatured as, you know, bad guys. Uh, and uh, They're now, playing checkers on a 3D chessboard. Yeah. 
Yeah, and and so they're just pummeled all the time, uh, even though the, that most Tennesseans are very conservative and don't agree with any of the way they've been characterized, uh, but they're not helping their own case because, as you say, they're playing checkers on a 3D chessboard. That's not a good plan for success, is it, John? I, I would not go into court with that strategy. Well, uh, John, um, I think we'll be getting, you know, a phone call from uh, probably uh, Jeremy Faison <laughs> very soon. Because I just called for his resignation, by the way. Or an ostrich egg. Yeah, really, either either way. And, and Jeremy, you're welcome to come in and try and defend yourself. Uh, but be prepared, because I got the goods. I got the receipts of how just awful you've been. And what an embarrassment you are to the Tennessee House of Representatives. And you're not serving the cause of conservatism whatsoever. The worst possible idea that you can have when you're trying to deal with the two Justins, right, is to attack the Tennessee State Senate, which actually, you know, they're actually a bunch of adults over there. And they were very, very judicious in the way they handled all this. I thought I was very impressed with the state senate. I've, I was much more impressed with the senate than the house this year. Yeah, exactly. Jeremy, you got my number. 615-737-9522. 615-737-9522. We'd be delighted to have you come in. Come in and defend yourself. Explain yourself. I don't think you can. All right.